Hello and welcome to the Young and Sober podcast, the podcast where we discuss what it means to get sober under the age of 30 and stay sober. If you're sober, sober curious or just curious, you've come to the right place. Any discussions heard here are personal to the individuals and should not be taken as the stance of AA as a whole. Welcome to episode 10. This week we will be chatting to Becky who's come to talk to us about Young and Sober celebrations. Becky, how are you doing? Hi Alex, yeah I'm good thank you, how are you? Yeah good thank you. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm excited. Me too. Um, So before we start Becky we've just got a question from one of our listeners. Stuart says, I've been to my first meeting, what would you suggest as the first steps I can take in my early recovery? Um, Do you want to kick us off Becky? Yeah of course, okay thank you for that Stuart. I think um, this question it really does depend on the person sort of thing but there is um, different things that for instance I did I just really in my early days just kept it a day at a time um, I went to a meeting every day actually um, but just because at that point I didn't have a job or anything so at that point I didn't have the time to be able to do that and also after a little while I developed new hobbies so now I'm quite um, very much into sport um, whereas beforehand in addiction I wasn't at all to be honest <laughs> And I read, uh, but it took me a little while actually to be able to read, like how, maintain that concentration. So I listened to a lot of like podcasts and th- uh, like watched a lot of things about sobriety and stuff like that to develop my understanding. So I suppose that's what I suggest doing is maybe just going full force into it. But yeah. yeah, amazing, Christian. Mm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good question because there are so many schools of thought around this and I, I can only really talk about my own experience. Um, if you're based in London, um, you know, there are so many meetings that you can go to. And I personally found it really useful to just go to as many as I could and just, and, and all the meetings are different as well. Um, until I sort of found one which I felt at home at. Home at. And uh, that just became like, part of my weekly routine um and it was really just to like listen um in the meetings like don't feel like you have to like speak or contribute just listen and listen to the similarities uh rather than the differences because it's so easy to spot the differences in other people's stories mm-hmm. um when you go and when you hear a chair for example um and when you're ready um get yourself a sponsor which is you know essentially somebody that has gone through the 12 steps of recovery um have got some significant sober time under their belt and to pick somebody that looks like serene and has something that you want um that's where i I think think my the last thing i'll end on is just like the magic happens you don't get sober by going to meetings you get sober by doing the steps with a sponsor so when you I wouldn't spend all day all week trying to find the perfect person but do find somebody that seems knowledgeable and um, has an idea of what they're talking about yeah I really liked that like seeing somebody who seems serene Um, I was told in my early days to look for somebody who had the sobriety that I wanted Um, And I was really, really lucky, actually, that I met my sponsor in my second meeting. I didn't ask her until about two weeks later, um, but she was really lovely. She called me every day 
for the first two weeks, um, took me for coffee a few times, um, invited me to meetings with her and kind of came with me and introduced me to people. Um, and another thing I found really useful was taking people's phone numbers. So, you know, mm. they talk about for women taking women's numbers and for men taking men's numbers. And um, I also found it really helpful. Like if I met somebody whose story sounded like my own or who was kind of my age, because sometimes as a young person coming in, it can be difficult you know, you talked about looking for the similarities and not the differences. And we do have similarities to older people, but sometimes navigating those situations that we go to, like, you know, our social lives potentially mean we're surrounded by more drink um, and things like that. So having suggestions of somebody else who was kind of my age and who'd gone through that before me, I found really, really helpful. Um, mm. And I mean, I totally agree with the getting to as many meetings as you can. And the thing that's great at the moment is with Zoom, you know, I sometimes do three meetings a day. Like on Monday, I did three meetings um, because you can just log in. And I always end up feeling better, more relaxed and everything. Um, the more meetings I've done in a week, you know, the more serene I feel by the end of the week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just totally agree with everything you both said, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, so let's kick off Young and Sober Celebration. So, um, Becky, when you got sober, did you have kind of one type of event that you worried about more than others? Or was it kind of a blanket worry, so to speak? Um, so for sure, it was definitely birthdays were the ones that I was really nervous about, including my own. Because I'd never, well, since I was like 14, ever experienced a birthday of my own to be sober. And I thought, how can you sell? Actually, I think the whole point of like celebrations, for me, it was difficult um, without drink like how would you celebrate something then like it just seemed to me like a really alien concept which now looking back on it I'm like oh that's you know like of course there is there's loads of ways but at the time I couldn't see that so it was definitely birthdays my own and other people's birthdays for sure that I was really nervous about before I went yeah what about you Christian well funny enough I it was it was actually kind of bank holidays and stuff which for me were like the perfect especially like in the summer like perfect reasons to just get on it you know be outdoors in the sunshine drinking you know and it'd just be a four-day you know four-day bender so um I guess it's funny today you know I sit here on you know Easter weekend and I'm sober uh, whereas before like this would be you know I'd probably be in the middle of a bender or maybe just like about going to bed yeah um, which is pretty crazy to think um but in terms of what i've experienced so far i found i have found weddings to be particularly difficult yeah um, simply because of the duration um it's it's just such a long time <laughs> if you've been invited for the whole shebang mm. um and it's, you know, it's a, it's a celebration and it's a reason for there to be unlimited alcohol around you. And, and it's free. And, it, and it's free, yeah. And it's less like I don't, it's not like, if, I, if I'm on top of my programme, it's not like I feel like, oh, I want to have a drink or like, oh, you know. There's a little bit of me thinking like, okay, make sure you pick up the right cup. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's more just the energy. Like I, I've realized like 
I've only got a certain amount of hours of energy of like social interaction before I just kind of want to retreat a bit and just kind of I get my energy from being on my own I think more than yeah. I do from being around people for so long yeah um but of course that's just you know it's different for everyone mm, yeah there's an element about weddings because I have I have a similar thing where I didn't even really think about weddings to begin with um mm. And it's that sense of kind of being trapped and like not being able to escape, especially if it's like a wedding that's somewhere else. Like I've actually, I've got a, a friend in recovery who's getting married in July. Um, and I feel really grateful to start with that she's in recovery because she's actually made plans or put plans in place that will make it easier for me. So like she's put me in accommodation with her mom rather than with like all the other bridesmaids and all of that kind of stuff. But um yeah I think it's that sense of like being trapped like if there's a party that's like out in the country like a birthday party that's for a whole weekend or like a Hindu that's a destination Hindu um those ones where I feel like I can't retreat when I need to to kind of recharge because I'm like you as well I recharge by being on my own um those are quite difficult but I think when I first came in so I came in in March um I was worried about house parties because that was a big thing a big part of my drinking was house parties and my friends kind of that's the main way that they socialize um and then Christmas and New Year because Christmas was such a big drinking day for me especially because it was um a day when I was allowed to start drinking in the morning basically like mm. you start with champagne breakfast and then you just continue drinking and a lot of the time, like me and my friends used to go out to the pub on Christmas Eve. So then you wake up hungover on Christmas Day and then you have hair of the dog for breakfast and then you just like drink for the whole day. And um, yeah, Christmas, I was I was worried about what that was going to be like sober. And then New Year's, obviously, as well, was quite a big, a big drinking one. Um, and I do tend to try and have karma new years although actually christian we've talked about this before not this new year just gone but the new year before was my best friend's 30th birthday and he had a massive party mm. um which i actually managed to quite enjoy but that was down to you know strategies that i've learned that i've learned in the rooms um so mm. becky how how did you manage birthdays like your own and, and other people's when when you got sober well, basically, and it's interesting sort of what going on what Christian was saying about the shocker for me as well about having a certain amount of energy for socialising and I couldn't believe it because I was like, I swear I used to talk all day. And I was like, yeah, but there was a reason for that. That was chemically enhanced. It wasn't like my natural state. Um, and for birthdays and stuff, what happened in the end was once I got a little bit more comfortable in myself, it got a little bit easier. But at first I'd just have strategy. So I'd have an exit plan. Um, I'd have maybe even like, a, I remember my best friend's birthday, actually, um, my first year of sobriety, maybe four months in. And I was like, I'll stay two hours and just show my face and then I'll go back home because I was going to um, go somewhere else for her birthday and they were all drinking. But actually, I ended up having such a good time. I stayed for like six hours. So it was fine. But I think the thing in my head, what you were saying about tr being trapped and being able to leave, I was like, well, I can leave at any point. Um, also sort of not being embarrassed and telling my friends, um, perhaps not the entire truth, but being like to one of my best friends, just being like, look, mate, basically this, this situation might be a little bit triggering for me. Um, so if I leave, it's not personal. It's just because I, I, I have to do it for myself sort of thing. Um, and having that sort of rapport with someone else, 
um, sort of takes the pressure off a little bit. But honestly, in my experience, it's got easier as I've gone along. My own birthday, <laughs> I think it's something about all the attention being on me, which I thought I'd really like, but I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's just a, <laughs> um, that I find a little bit trickier. But again, with that, it's all just about um, try. Like it, it, as I said, it got easier the more that I realised what I actually enjoyed doing. So, like my birthday this year, I just started off with some yoga. I can't believe I'm even saying that because I just there's no way I would have done this like three years ago. <laughs> I would have been like what? And then like a nice walk, seeing a friend for a coffee in Regent's Park, which was beautiful. And then yeah, seeing some friends for dinner. And that was perfect. That was absolutely beautiful and perfect. Um, but it was a lot less intense and it was a lot less crowded than it has been in previous years. And I was always um, worried about how am I going to celebrate things? And like we were just saying and stuff. And there's like so many other different ways, like even just seeing a friend for a coffee, taking a breather. I've just started uni. And so like finishing an exam and stuff. And it's like, you know, just going on a walk or it sounds... And it's just, I don't know, doing nice things for yourself, having a nice bath. Maybe I'll go get a haircut when COVID enables me to do that. Or like, you know, treat yourself to something which doesn't require drinking excessively to blackout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I really liked what you said about, you know, doing doing something, realising what you like. I actually, so my, it was my 30th birthday, again, not last year, but the year before. And I decided I was going to have a house party and actually I really didn't enjoy it mm. I really really didn't and um I mean there was an element of it it was fancy dress and it was 90s tv and film so I went as Daria which I loved but the the night kind of for me ended at like 10 30 or 11 and everyone else was like still going and it got to 12 o'clock and I was like guys can you go home <laughs> like I want to go to bed <laughs> um and also I did have so the majority of my friends were actually really respectful and like didn't get really drunk um but there were three girls who shall remain nameless who showed up already drunk continued to drink more and then all delivered more alcohol to my house and I was just a bit like guys like really know your audience do you know what I mean like this is my birthday I don't drink um but then at the same time you know that reminder that like it's not actually even though it was my birthday it's not up to me how other people behave and if I do say I'm having a house party fair enough people are going to drink and get drunk because that's what I used to do at house parties you know mm. um so after that I kind of had to make that mistake to learn that that's not what I want um and yeah, just kind of realizing, like you said, not emulating the experiences that I used to have because I don't necessarily enjoy those things as much anymore. So going for dinner on birthdays is something that I really, really like. Um, and something that I really love as well is just like having a few really close friends around to my parents' house and like all of us having dinner together. Um, yeah, and I think also like what you said about having an exit strategy is really, really helpful. What do you reckon, Christian? Yeah. I was going to say, I, uh, I totally understand both of your points around thinking you want like something and actually not enjoying it. I remember I had a, I organized a birthday in sobriety, um, which involved getting quite a few people together. It was, a, it was like, I thought it was a good idea to join up with somebody else, like a friend's, well now wife. <laughs> 
um, because our birthdays were at similar points. And, you know, it just, it just meant there was loads of people in a restaurant on different tables. And I couldn't enjoy myself because I had to like, felt like I had to see if everyone was all right and socialize. Yeah. And didn't actually like feel like I got the benefits of that kind of fun social interaction with the people that I wanted to actually hang out with because I just, did, I don't know. I just, I, I remember actually being really upset. Like I got, went home in an, in an Uber and just sort of thought that was shit. <laughs> like I was just not, I did not enjoy it. It was stressful. Uh, so I guess the point of that story is like, I learned that I guess I used to think I prided myself in having quite a lot of friends. Um, but that sort of has changed. I still have, you know, people that I care about and, but I'd rather spend quality time with a couple of mates doing something. So on the flip side of that, maybe the following year or the year after I went to a driving range with a couple of friends and just smashed some balls and had a bit of a laddie fun time on a driving range. And that was just so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there was an activity. It was like my closest mate. So there was none of that kind of having to like make small talk. Um, they all knew, you know, that I, it's not going to be a boozy night out. It's going to be, you know, just something fun. Yeah. I just felt relaxed. And that's really what it should be about, you know. Yeah, yeah that having an activity thing is great. Like I have realized in sobriety that I love bowling I love it so much <laughs> and it was actually the first sober activity that I did after I'd gone to my first meeting I've mentioned it like twice I think in this in this podcast over the weeks um mm. but I really enjoy it so like if I've got you know a celebration for something like you know my sober birthday sometimes I go bowling um Actually, that's another thing, isn't it? Because we've got an extra birthday now these days because we've got our sobriety birthday as well. And I mean, I, I make a less of a big deal with it of it now that I'm four years. But like my first sober birthday, I had a massive dinner. My second sober birthday yeah. was bowling. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. It's fun because you also have a lot of sobriety friends that want to come to that kind of thing. So that's that's also nice. Um, I find Christmas particularly hard. I still find Christmas hard. Um, I think because my brother, my brother's quite a big drinker. He's not, you know, he's not, he doesn't get blackout, but he's quite a big drinker. Um, and my mum makes slow gin every year and everyone gets like a little bottle of slow gin, which obviously I don't get. She makes me elderflower cordial, which is really nice. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's always a lot of drinking and I find things like the smell of mulled wine because I used to love mulled wine and it kind of really like fills the house mm. um and yeah I find Christmas quite difficult and I do often end up kind of just taking myself off to have a bit of quiet time um I also tend to stay at home like maybe just for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day rather than staying for like a whole week um which is what I used to do oh, I was gonna just say on that actually because of lockdown just gone we were forced to only, we were only allowed to go and see our families, weren't we, for the day. We couldn't even stay. Yeah. And that was, from a very selfish point of view, it was actually, but actually I think for 
I don't know, I can't speak for anyone else. I think it kind of worked quite well because my family were quite regimented in terms of, okay, well, this is the time you're going to arrive. We're going to eat at this point and then we're going to do a game at this point. And then, you know, there was a structure, you know, it was very clear that, you know, clear communication that we weren't going to stay because we couldn't, couldn't anyway. But it just meant that, you know, my, my parents like a drink over, over the festive period. But it just meant that the time that we did have um, was was kind of quality time and we you know even though it was quite structured and uh, regimented but it was like quality family time and nobody got hurt nobody got you know abused <laughs> or, or upset um, abused that's a bit of a strong word sorry family but, arguments should no we say. family feuds um, you know it worked it worked well um, but yeah I, I hear what you say with the mulled wine thing I used to like mulled wine a lot. But there's, there's non-alcoholic mulled wine, which is quite There good. is. There quite is. Good. It's quite sweet, but I do still have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Becky? How do you feel about Christmas? Yeah, I'm very similar to Alex in the sense that I still I struggle quite a, bit, quite a bit with Christmas just because of... Um, the overwhelm of it, I think. But I've always been like that about Christmas because there's always like this expectation of something. But um, yeah. to be honest, I think it's just, again, I, like I said at the start, the one day at a time thing when I first came in is still really apparent now. Like, and especially around that time of year, it literally is just get through today and try and enjoy it. Because um, I can be a bit of a Scrooge and I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't want to do this. But then I'm like, come on, Bex, let's try. And this year actually was was lovely. I was, I was at my best friend's house and then I saw my family because if they want to drink and stuff then I prefer not to be there just just because of family dynamics not because of the alcohol if that makes sense and um mm. that and that was it really and then I got to see my my nephew which is he's lovely and I got to see my own family and stuff like that but yeah at the build-up to Christmas I remember dreading that actually saying that that's probably the biggest like the biggest celebration actually not birthdays Christmas that was the one that I dreaded the most about the first time it happening and then um, I spent a lot of time with sober people in the first year and you know um and it's not I don't know all these things that I feared they're actually okay like you can actually end up having quite a good time I was, I was I'm shocked because I generally didn't think I'd be able to without booze but um you know it's about just a sort of echoing what you guys were saying holding your own just being like no no, no I don't I, I don't drink but it's fine if, other people do but just for me personally I don't and that's fine you know and I think it's just owning that and yeah trying to just do the best when everybody else is drinking but I also find that sorry one thing I will say is if people are really drunk it is difficult to communicate because you're just on completely different wavelengths for instance I'll give an example I remember one time um last summer actually when we could eventually we could go and uh, the lockdown eased slightly in the summer didn't it and um I went to a friend's birthday in um, Brighton on the beach and then by the time I got there everyone was absolutely wasted and I mean like, there was lost balloons all over the beach and all this stuff and um, there's a part of me that was like whoa like it's fine because obviously people can do what they want but I was just like I couldn't communicate with people because everyone was too wasted which is fine but then um, as I said for me that was more my disorganisation I should have maybe thought that and got a bit there a bit earlier <laughs> so yeah and that's it really it's just maybe thinking a bit more ahead than I would normally which is, is actually quite a good thing yeah I like that you know getting there earlier I also if it's one of my really good friends um like the new year's eve party thing that I went to a couple of years ago I asked if I could go early and help set up 
because then I was with them just like one-to-one before everyone started drinking um and I was actually really pleasantly surprised to see that it was a sit-down dinner before like leading up to midnight so we were actually all just like having a really nice dinner but I do that with a lot of things like birthdays and stuff um where I like if it's someone who's a really really good friend I go early so that I get to spend that time with them so they know that I've showed up for them and I'm there um and then I also often find that if I do leave early if everyone's really drunk no one really cares (laughs) like as much as I want it to be like oh no Alex is leaving what are we gonna do actually yeah no one really cares that much which is actually it's quite comforting because you know you can go and say bye to one person or two people or whatever but you don't have to go around being like guys I'm leaving I'm really sorry you know just just yeah and then the other thing that my sponsor suggested actually about birthdays and things like that is bookending it with talking to someone in recovery so talking to either my sponsor or a friend beforehand and then calling them afterwards um especially in the early days I found that really really helpful um and yeah you were talking about the anticipation as well about Christmas and I find that New Year's the same thing where like it's almost always quite anticlimactic like there's so much build-up and then it just never really I mean even in my drinking days it just never really turned out as like the big event that that I thought it was going to be um and Christian you mentioned you know big groups of friends and then kind of feeling like you need to entertain everyone and for events that I organize now it's the same thing as you said where I tend to just have like a small group of really really close friends who I feel really comfortable with because the more comfortable I feel the more fun it is generally and I also found that with things like I don't know if I go to the pub for example which is something that I do with friends sometimes now um but again I didn't do in my early days I find that actually as the night goes on, I do actually become louder and louder and more sociable, but it just happens a little bit slower than it used to with the alcohol. Like the alcohol used to make it happen immediately. Um, Whereas when I'm drinking something non-alcoholic, like I still do end up getting more comfortable and more relaxed as the night goes on, but it just, it just takes a little bit longer. Yeah. um, I, I liked what Becky said around it's still just another day though, right? It's just one day at a time, regardless of the day of the year, regardless of whether it's a celebration, uh, whether, whether it's, you know, it, it really is. And um, it doesn't mean that you can't continue to work, to work your, you know, your program. And I mean, it even talks about in the big book, doesn't it? It talks about like, if there is a legitimate reason for being somewhere where there might be alcohol, get stuck in it's fine like you know you if, you if you're on top of a, if you're on top of your program if you're spiritually fit as they would you know as we'd probably call it um yeah you know go and get, go along try and have a good time um see what you can bring to the occasion um how can you be useful is, is, there, is there anything that you can do um but if you're going there to try and steal some sort of pleasure from it, you're trying to take something from you're still trying to get something from it, um, then perhaps it might be a better idea to, to stay away from it. Um, what else was it that I was gonna say? I was gonna say something else. No, I think, 
I think that's about that's about what I was going to say. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's all right. I think I also find that you know um, when we had Mel on in in the I think it was the second or third podcast, she talked about how you know, even when she was drinking, the parts of the night that she enjoyed the most were like the really lovely, real one-to-one -one conversations that she would end up having with people at the end of the night, or like she'd end up huddled up in a corner having like a really deep conversation with somebody. And that's definitely something that I found comes more naturally to me and is something that I really, really enjoy. So like at this, at that New Year's party that I mentioned, um, there was a fire pit outside. And what I ended up doing was just kind of sitting at the fire pit for most of the night to be honest and people would kind of come and go so like someone would come and have like a really lovely conversation with me and then they would like go off to get a drink or go off to dance or whatever and then someone else would come and I'd have a really lovely conversation with them and then they would move off and I really really liked that as well and I mean I did end up going in and having a bit of a dance and stuff as well but the part of the night that I really enjoyed the most was actually really catching up with people and finding out what was going on with them and the other thing actually talking about being useful there was a guy who showed up really really drunk and I mean to be honest I think he'd taken some other substances as well and he ended up touching the fire pit which was like a barrel and got really really badly burnt so I spent quite a long part of the night looking after him <laughs> and like making sure that his hand was okay um, and that is something that you know, I don't, I don't really mind looking after people, you know, if someone's a bit too drunk or whatever, or just needs some water or, you know, whatever, they, they then know that they can come up to me and I'll just kind of like sit with them and be chilled and whatever. Um, so even though you don't want to be doing that all the time, it's, it's kind of okay for me to be in, of service in that way. Like, I don't really, I don't really mind that as much. Mm. Yeah, well, we, you know, we can keep on the firing line, can't we? We can still, we can be in these sorts of situations. We shouldn't be, we didn't get sober to not have a social life, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, the fact is that some people can drink safely and, and, you know, can have a good time. You know, that doesn't mean we have to then, when, you know, maybe in the first few months, probably a good idea to stay away from the sort of wet places a bit. But equally, if you want to have friendships and social, go to social occasions, the beautiful thing is, is that you can, you know, in sobriety. And that's, that's the great thing. And there's something about strategy, I think you touched on, Alex, around, you know, I, I mean, weddings, for example. Um, I, I realized that it's best for me to have a bit of a strategy before I go to these in terms of not just working my program, but considering the dynamic. So considering, okay, so what are the sleeping arrangements? Where am I staying? Am I relying on other people in order to get around? Or am I, you know, getting myself there by trans public transport? Am I driving? Am I hiring a car? Am I driving my own car? You know, and, and knowing exactly what your plan is i'm not suggesting don't be you know <laughs> not to be spontaneous if you want to be but um i think my just from experience i you know there was a time for example where i, I was relying quite a lot on other people to get me around so i was like you know at the wedding reception people were still getting getting on it and i was kind of ready to go home about two hours before the end of the night um and of course, I couldn't really go anywhere because I was relying on somebody else to drive. 
<laughs> so um, yeah, just little things like that um, to consider, I think is, is useful. Mm. Yeah, and then just, just lastly, I just wanted to mention around Christmas and New Year that there are meetings on. And there was a time when I, I was with my family for about, I think five or six days around Christmas. And I went to a meeting on Christmas day, I went to a meeting on Christmas Eve, and especially with New Year's Eve, there's often meeting the whole way through the day and most of the way through the night as well. Um, so if you do feel like you're really, really struggling or potentially if you're spending Christmas or New Year's on your own, that's somewhere where you can go and be with people, be with people in recovery. And also just, if you're really, really struggling not to have a drink that day, that's a really amazing way to, to get that support as well, isn't it? Definitely. And also Alex, I'm sorry if I'm spotting quickly and just say that that's so important as well, that like we've literally got a fellowship at our fingertips sort of that we can like reach out to with stuff like this. Cause I, I, I suppose when I first heard stuff like this, I was a bit overwhelmed, but actually in action, it's a lot easier and people have done it before. And also tell you what, socializing sober is a skill. It's a, such a skill, especially in a day and age where binge drinking is, you know, really common. And I think once that we, you know, embrace that and self-confidence and have the socializing skills, it's actually so freeing. Like one of my friends said to me, you're actually quite funny now. You never used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think I was there. I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was so feeling coherent and do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just embracing that, like socializing sober. And it, apparently, that it takes 20 minutes anyway. I don't know who did these statistics, but apparently, it takes 20 minutes for your average person to communicate properly when they first meet because it's like that awkward first bit. But I never realized that because I'd always be drunk. So I would just avoid that awkward 20 minutes. But now it's like, as Alex was saying, sort of as, as I ease into the evening, I've become more relaxed and more confident. However, if I'm not feeling it or anything, at least I can go. Um, you know, it's actually a bit better. Beforehand, I would have just stayed and not really known if it was a good night, bad night. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, shall we wrap up with some gratitude? Sure. Yeah. Becky, what are, you, what are you grateful for today? Um, I'm grateful for being able to talk to you guys this morning, um, reflect on my own journey, and also to be here at my parents house in Bognor to support my family who are going through a bit of a tough time at the moment oh, lovely Christian yeah it's really nice um what am I grateful for today I'm grateful that it's a bank holiday weekend and I'm not still on it or coming down or hung over um because that would be a really good reason to do so three and a bit years ago yeah 100% I am grateful. I'm also with my family this weekend and I'm really grateful for that. Um, and also I'm back in Fulham, which is where I originally got sober. So I'm going to go and see my sponsor later. I'm going to meet up with a couple of recovery friends from my early days. Um, and yeah, I feel really, really grateful for that today. Okay, cool. thank you so much everyone for joining us. We will be back next week with another speaker and we'll be having another chat. Please do like and subscribe. If you have any questions or feedback about what you heard today, we would love to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram at Young and Sober Podcast or email us at youngandsoberoutlook.com. That's it for yet another episode. We are Young and Sober. Bye. Bye. Thank you.